0: The book of Judges in chapter number 16, this is the story of Samson and how that uh, his hair was cut off and his power was gone. And verse 22 said, Howbeit the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven. Then the lords of the Philistines gathered them together for to offer a great sacrifice unto Dagon their God. And to rejoice, for they said, Our God hath delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hand. And when the people saw him, they praised their God, for they said, Our God hath delivered into our hands our enemy, and the destroyer of our country, which slew many of us. It came to pass, when their hearts were merry, that they said, Call for Samson, that he may make us sport. And they called for Samson out of the prison house, and he made them sport, and they set him between the pillars. And Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand, Suffer me, that I may fill the pillars, whereupon the house standeth, that I may lean upon them. Now the house was full of men and women, and all the lords of the Philistines were there. And there were upon the roof about three thousand men and women that beheld while Samson made sport. And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee, only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood, and on which it was borne up, of the one with his right hand, and of the other with his left. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all his might, and the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. Then his brethren and all the house of his father came down and took him, brought him up and buried him between Zorah and Estol in the barren place of Manoah his father. And he judged Israel 20 years. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we bow in your presence, I want to say thank you for another privilege and opportunity to preach the Word of God. Lord, I realize without your touch tonight that my words will mean nothing. And I pray, O oh God, for your power and your wisdom. I pray you'd help me to rightly divide the Word of God. and I pray that uh, it would be a challenge and a help to all who listen tonight. Help us to take the knowledge that you give us and use it to try to help others. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're talking about suicide. Some of the statistics that I have tonight are uh, maybe a little out of date, but I'd like to share some of these with you. Uh, When when I got these statistics, there were 27,000 suicides a year in the United States. That's a bunch. And uh, 20,000 of those were male and 7,000 females. So there's more men that commit suicide than women, almost three to one. Uh, And uh, of this group, uh, 20% of this total uh, are young men ages 15 to 24. And 14% are young women ages 15 to 24, accounting are 34% of suicides are basically young people between the ages of 15 and 24, uh, really at a time of uh, uh, the height, really, in a person's life as far as feeling good and energy and all that. Now, the last 25 years, suicide rate has gone up 300% among young people to where it has become the number one cause of death. Among young people, Uh, it strikes the rich and the poor, and uh, the rates go up in the spring, reaching their peak in April and May. Now, to me, that's strange because uh, the springtime, to me, is an exciting time of the year. You'd think it'd be worse in the wintertime, wouldn't you? But the rates go down in December and January. Uh, instead of up. Now most suicides occur between 3 and 6 p.m. And only 15% leave suicide notes. Now the first question, why does a person commit suicide? What happens in a person's life to cause them to commit suicide? Well, alcohol and drugs are certainly a great cause of suicide. Uh, I had a funeral a few years ago now of a man that I had visited, that made a profession of faith, and uh, uh, then he killed himself. Uh, He, of course, dropped out of church and killed himself. In St. Louis, 28% of suicides are related alcohol. In King County of Washington State, 31% of all suicides, about one-third, are related to alcohol. And you know, they talk about the drugs. Alcohol is the worst drug of all. There's more people die from the use of that drug than any other drug. And I think they ought to deal with it. Now, suicide rate among drug addict white males, is eight times more than non-addicts three and a half times greater in both sexes. And then, of course, there are those that use alcohol or drugs are committing slow suicide. Even if they are not provoked to take their life, uh, they uh, commit suicide slowly, really, uh, in a sense. And uh, when a person uses these drugs, they're opening themselves up to demonic possession. And that probably could account for the suicide. Another reason people commit suicide is homosexuality. And all the misinformation that is going out about about this sin, uh, that uh, people, they say, struggle uh, with whether they're uh, normal or homosexual. And they have this struggle, and sometimes they commit suicide. People are quick... Uh, start calling it sin like God says it is, then there'll be a remedy for it. But some are not able to deal with it and and they commit suicide. Another reason people commit suicide is disturbed or disrupted homes. Uh, Some people are in such an environment until they feel they cannot go on and they take their life. Another reason for suicide is rejection. A feeling of rejection. And then uh, another reason, and one of the prominent reasons, is old age. Uh, I could understand that uh, more than anything else, I guess. <laughs> getting old. Well, uh, an old that goes with it. I don't think it's just a matter of getting old. It's the problems that come with old age. Isn't that right? <laughs> uh, that's the problem. Now, a person's over 50 account for 26% of the population, but they account for 39% of suicides. Over one-third are committed by people uh, over uh, 50. Three-fourths of these are men. 96% are white. And uh, the ratio of attempts to actual suicides in, the, in all the population is ten to one. That is, for every ten that attempt suicide, one is successful. Because a lot of people, they they really don't mean to kill themselves anyway. They just may uh, do it, use it as a a, a way of getting their way or whatever, Uh, you know, getting attention. And among youth, age 15 to 24, it's 100 to one. So young people are not very successful in committing suicide. They must not know how. But my, my guess is that uh, they, they probably don't want to in most cases. But over 55, you know what the ratio is? One to one. That is, everybody that tries it is successful. Over 55. So old age accounts for a number of suicides. Then another reason is sickness. And you've heard about uh, the trial of Jack Kavorkin, I think he got off, didn't he? Uh, and uh, uh, the suicide doctor. Uh, Someone's played a joke on me a couple of Christmases ago. And I got a certificate for a, a, a trip to see Dr. Kevorkian. Uh, but uh, uh, anyway, uh, sickness. I think that's playing a joke, <laughs> but uh, sickness. And, and uh, you know, uh, sometimes people, uh, they, they get in so much pain and they get sick and they say uh, the easy way out is to commit suicide. And, and uh, a number of suicides are caused by sickness. Then uh, another reason for suicide is false doctrine. People commit suicide because uh, they're led astray. And I guess the the most well-known case of that uh, was Jim Jones, you know, uh, in Jonestown, Guyana. I have the famous Kool-Aid party. On a problem, they poisoned it and 900 people died. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that many people being deceived? And uh, I remember when that happened. And the Fiji Islands, uh, a chieftain died and uh, many of the wives, he had many wives and, and they competed uh, in, in killing themselves about who could be first. Because the first one that committed suicide will be his favorite wife in the next life. Now you talk about false doctrine? That's what false doctrine does. And then in World War II, uh, the Japanese pilots, as they would fly their planes into the ships, commit suicide in order to kill uh, the uh, Americans that were there and sink the ship. Uh, False doctrine. You say, why did they do it? They believe that this guaranteed them eternal life. False doctrine. And then of course in the Middle East in recent days we've had this, uh, this terrorist group of the PLO, the Hamas I believe they're called and they strap all these explosives around themselves and, and get into a bus and, and uh, detonated and they're blown up along with a lot of other innocent people. Uh, I was really touched by this, this young girl. I think she was around 15 or something like that. And, and uh, her and three of her friends had, had gone to town. And, and uh, uh, when one of those bombs exploded and three of them were killed. And of course it just really uh, broke her heart as you know it would. Uh, but uh, false doctrine, they again believe that they're guaranteed eternal life. They're guaranteed to go to heaven if they, if they do this thing. And uh, it's a terrible thing. False doctrine is one of the reasons for suicide. In 1873 in Masada, about 2,000 Jews held out against the Romans uh, when defeat seemed inevitable. Their leader urged the people to kill themselves rather than be taken captive. And Josephus said that the soldiers slew their wives and children and drew lots who would kill their companions and then destroy themselves. When it ended, 960 people had died. Two women and five children remained alive when it was all over and done with. Again, false doctrine. Suicide. Now, uh, how do people commit suicide? Firearms are used by one-half of male suicides and one-third of female suicides. Pills and poisons are used by one-third of female suicides and 50% of male suicides. Hanging is used by one-seventh of men and one-eighth of women. I remember... uh, uh, when fir- we first went to Catawba County, we were renting this little house from, from these folks and uh, uh, their son-in-law hanged himself. It was a real tragedy. Uh, a lot of times hanging is pretty common in, in jail, you know, usually people commit suicide, they, uh, they hang themselves, maybe by their clothes or whatever. Carbon monoxide Accounts for one-tenth of men and women. Drowning, jumping, cutting the wrist, and so forth, less than 5%. So these are how people uh, commit suicide. You go ahead and make uh, whatever choice you decide on there. Uh, I hope none. Uh, So these are the ways. Now what are the symptoms of someone contemplating suicide? They talk about it. Don't you believe people say, well, if someone's always talking about it, they'll never do it. That's a lie. Seventy-five percent of those that talk about it do it. So if someone talks to you about committing suicide, and I've had people, I've counseled with people on this subject, take it serious. They may be serious, they may not, but... Uh, take every case as if they were serious about it, because people that are contemplating suicide generally, not always, generally talk about it. They're trying to get some help, and uh, sometimes uh, they're not uh, not able to. I've uh, I've heard reports of uh, of evangelists or preachers maybe that had a radio program or. A TV program being called up and saying, I've got a gun to my head. Tell me why I should not pull the trigger. That's a tremendous responsibility, isn't it? But anyway, people that are uh, contemplating suicide, generally, talk about it. Another reason people commit suicide is depression, withdrawal, crying, sleeplessness, are feeling unloved. And children of suicides have a high rate of suicide. Not because it's inherited, but because they have a feeling of guilt and anger and worthlessness. Now what happens to someone who commits suicide, and that's where really I'm going to get tonight. What happens to people? Can a person go to heaven who commits suicide? Let me give first of all some examples in the Bible of those that commit suicide. The first example is where I read here. Samson committed suicide. He said there, he took hold of the middle pillars and verse 30, he said, Let me die with the Philistines. He requested that he would die with them. God certainly had the power to deliver him, but he chose to die with them. Then we have in the Bible, in Judges chapter 9, uh, Abimelech there, the son of Gideon. You remember Gideon. He really was uh, the son of a handmaiden there. And he had uh, 70 brothers. So Gideon had uh, one, that was not from one wife. I mean, he had a number of wives. But uh, Abimelech, when he became king, he killed his 70 brothers or half-brothers. And uh, we find that uh, they were going against this tower of this city and this woman cast a piece of a millstone on his head. And rather than having it be said uh, that a woman killed him, <laughs> that would have been, that'd been uh, awful, wouldn't it? Uh, he had his armor bearer slay uh, him. You read the story because it says that. He didn't want uh, recorded in history that a woman killed him. So he committed suicide. The, the, the rock, the uh, piece of a millstone did not kill him. Then we have in uh, 1 Samuel 31, we have uh, the story of Saul there. And if you read that story, uh, some say that's, there's contradictions in the Bible. Uh, but if you, if you read the, the last chapter of 1 Samuel and the first chapter of 2 Samuel, then you get the complete story. Uh, anyway, uh, the, the sons, Jonathan, the others uh, another son or two of Saul is killed. And the archer, uh, the archers, his Saul. They wound him. And he asked that his armor bearer would thrust him through, but his armor bearer will not do it. So Saul takes his own sword and falls upon him and with his armor-bearer, it said, sees that Saul is dead, or he thinks he's dead. He's not really dead, as you find out when you read uh, chapter 1 of, of, of 2 Samuel. But the armor-bearer falls upon his sword and kills himself. But Saul isn't dead. And an Amalekite comes along, and Saul requests that, that he... Uh, uh, finish the job and, and so he does and he gets the crown and, and all the bracelet and, and brings it to David and tells the story and you remember David he, he recognized Saul even though he was a rascal he recognized him as God's anointed and uh, so uh, he uh, uh, he said, uh, you know, you were not afraid to touch God's anointing. He called for one of his young men and said, kill him. And he does. You remember how David there spared Saul on two occasions. Even though he was already determined, he was already determined that, that he is going to be the next king, but he refused to lift his hand against God's anointing. And so uh, we have Saul there committing suicide. And then we have another fellow in 2 Samuel 17. Uh, I'm not turning to all these for the sake of time. You can look them up and read them. 2 Samuel 17, we have Ahithophel. Now he conspired with Absalom against David. And David had to flee for his life. And Ahithophel gives counsel to Absalom. He said the thing you need to do is go after him and, and take, uh, you know, don't worry about the other people. Just kill David. You think of that now. David's own son uh, working to, to kill his own father. And uh, he, he said, uh, when you kill David, said the other people, will, they'll follow you then. Well, Ahushai, I believe was his name, he comes along and he gives another counsel. And God's working in all this, the Bible teaches. Uh, he said that, uh, uh, no, you don't want to do that. Says says, you, want to get, you, want to get, you don't want to take this uh, 12,000, 15,000 men. You want to take, take the whole army and go against them because you know David's a man of war and all this and you need to go yourself. And they accepted his counsel. And when they did, oh, Ahithophel, uh, he sees he's rejected and he goes and hangs himself. And you know, of course, you follow the story. Uh, Absalom, of course, with his long hair, uh, you know. Uh, everybody you read about in the Bible had long hair and got in trouble. But uh, he gets it caught in the, in the oak and, and uh, he's killed instead of David and David's uh, return to the throne. But uh, the story is Ahithophel kills himself there. Then there's another fellow in 1 Kings 16 uh, by the name of Zimri. And he's a servant of King Elah, and he kills the king and takes the throne. And I was reading that story again, and the interesting thing, you know how long he reigned? Seven days. <laughs> he reigned a week. Now he really, uh, really done good, didn't he? Well, Amri, the captain of the army, went after Zemri, and when he saw That he was taken. He goes in the palace and burns the house on top of him and dies. The only New Testament recorded suicide is Judas Iscariot. Matthew 27 and verse 5, when he sees that he's condemned, he repents himself, takes the silver back, and the Bible said he goes and hangs himself. Now again, if you compare that with Acts chapter 1, and verse 18, there seems to be a discrepancy where he said he fell headlong and his bowels gushed out. Now Bible scholars believe that, uh, uh, you know, when he hanged himself, the rope broke and he fell down on the rocks and, and his bowels gushed out, that it happened that way. Or maybe he hanged there, uh, you know, till he... Uh, rotted or whatever. I, don't, you know, I think the, the first uh, explanation is probably more reasonable uh, in, uh, in that situation. But that's, that's interesting that that is really the only New Testament example anyway that I could find uh, of suicide in the New Testament. Now in each case that I've given you tonight, suicide resulted as a result of a person's relationship to God. I believe that Samson was saved. Personally, I believe Saul was saved, although that is an area of disagreement even among uh, good men. Of where Saul was really saved. I think he was. If you disagree with me, you can be wrong. That's up to you. Uh, No, not really. But maybe you're right. Maybe I'm wrong. But uh, uh, anyway, in each case, Samson, though he was a man of God, he was continually out of fellowship with God and out of the will of God. And so from that, the best way to commit suicide is, is stay right with God. I think it is, is uh, uh, you know, the, the greatest way. People that walk with God and, and loves God and serves God and save, I think suicide is, is, would, would be, uh, you know, unless something happened to them mentally, would be very rare indeed. But uh, these other fellows, I I doubt, were were even saved at all. But, uh, now Judas, you remember he betrayed Christ. We know the Bible teaches, Jesus said, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? We know that he wasn't saved. People say he lost his salvation. He never had it to lose. Uh, And uh, so, uh, their disobedience, their rebellion against God uh, caused it. Now, Samson is listed in Hebrews 11 as one of the heroes of the faith. So we know that he was saved for sure. Uh, and Saul there, of course, was forsaken of God. You say, well, how could a person commit suicide? You say, could a saved person do it? I well, I think we've seen from the Bible, examples in the Bible that saved people did do it. We do not have a New Testament example, but we certainly have Old Testament examples. And again, Samson is recorded in the New Testament as a man of faith. And uh, suicide is murder. And of course the question arises, if a person commits suicide, then they're dead so they can't ask God to forgive them. So how could they be saved? Stay with me. Now, John 8, 44 says that the devil is a murderer, so he must be behind it. The devil must be behind it when it happens. And uh, 1 Corinthians 5, verse 5 says to deliver such an one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. That a saved person could be turned over to the devil for the destruction of the flesh to possibly commit suicide. First John 5, 16 said, there is a sin and a death that a child of God can commit. Now, suicide is murder, as we mentioned already. The, bo- the murderer murderer, and the murdered exist in the same person. Where in murder, it's, uh, you know, it's uh, uh, someone killing another person. Uh, now, uh, the question is: Can a person commit suicide go to heaven? I, I was listening to the news and uh, was in South Carolina or somewhere. This this man had was a four or five year old child killing. They said he'd been talking about suicide. The lady they interviewed there, a colored lady, and uh, that that this man had been talking about suicide. And, and he, he instructed his, his little four or five year old son, uh, you know, to put his finger on the trigger and how to do it and, and to kill him. And uh, uh, this lady they interviewed, she kept, uh, they, she, she said that he'd been talking about it, but she had, uh, she had told him, said, uh, says, you, you shouldn't do that because you'll go to hell if you do. If you commit it, you'll go to hell. Well, let me say this. If he was a lost man, he went to hell. If he was a saved man, he went to heaven. You say, commit suicide and go to heaven? Well, I don't, you know, let me, let me say this, though. Let me clarify this. When a person commits suicide, I would always be suspicious. Uh of whether they had really been saved or not. Although the Bible very clearly gives the instruction of Samson as a saved man. And uh, uh, so you say, well, a person kills themselves, they have committed murder, and the Bible says that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. That person can't go to heaven. Well, let's, let's go on a little further and you stay with me. Uh, the believer is forgiven. A saved person is forgiven. Uh, Now Jesus said there's only one sin that couldn't be forgiven, right? He said in Matthew 12 that the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is the only sin that there's no forgiveness for. So that means murder can be forgiven, right? It means adultery can be forgiven. It means stealing can be forgiven. Lying can be forgiven. All sin can be forgiven. Except one. Blasphemy on the Holy Spirit. You say, oh, wait wait, wait a minute. I mean, yes, God will forgive him, but you've got to ask him to forgive you, and you're already dead. You can't ask the person to forgive you. Or you can't ask God to forgive you. Well, let me give you a, uh, a verse here. In fact, just let's turn to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John 3 and uh, verse 15. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Now let me present to you. What if a person had hate in their heart toward a brother? And they died suddenly with a heart attack before they could ask God to forgive them. Would that person go to heaven? I mean, if they're saved. We're assuming they're saved. Assuming that a person's saved, a person commits suicide, assuming they're saved, which I think in very few cases they would be, but assuming that they would be saved. And assuming that the person had hate in their heart, that they were saved. One commits suicide and he dies. Another one has hate. He dies before he can ask God to forgive him. Which one goes to heaven? If they're both saved, they both do. Both of them. And the Bible says the thought of foolishness is sin. Have you ever had a foolish thought? Have I ever had a foolish thought? Sure. What if we happen to die before we can ask God to forgive us of that? What will happen to it? You know, the thing we need to get straight in our mind tonight is that we're not saved on the installment plan. You say, how can, how can the Lord forgive you a future sin that you've not even committed yet? Well, when did he die for my sin? When did he pay for my sin? When he shed his blood on that, on that cross and rose from the dead and took that blood to the heavenly mercy. See, he offered an eternal payment for my sin before I was ever born, before I'd ever committed any sin, Right? He paid for it. Did he or did he not? Yes, he did. He paid for it all. Before I was ever born, had committed any sin. So all my sin was future when he paid for it. That means every sin, I don't want to sin, but every sin that I commit from here on out is already paid for. That's why I can go to heaven. If it wasn't for that, I'd have to go to hell. You know what a lot of people believe? Even a lot of people sitting in Baptist churches believe that uh, that when God saves you, he forgives you of all the sin that you've committed up to that point. And then from that point on, you've got to confess every sin and keep it all forgiven. If you don't, you'll go to hell. And that's what's taught all over this county and all over this country. And that's just not so. If that be so, we might as well just go home and forget the whole business because ain't none of us going to make it. Have you confessed individually every sin that you've ever committed? Probably not. Neither have I. Uh... And uh, when you think about what sin is, sin is a transgression of the law. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin, thought of foolishness is sin. And uh, uh, therefore to him that knoweth to do good, doeth it not to him it is sin. There's a lot of things God calls sin we don't even call sin. So we are forgiven. Psalm 103 verse 3 says, Who forgiveth all thine iniquities? Colossians 2.13, you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. He forgives us of all sin, of all trespasses. And uh, a person would no more go to hell for committing suicide than they would for dying, having hate in their heart or having uh, uh, some other unconfessed sin in their heart. Now, I'm not advocating suicide. I'm against it. I hope I make that clear. Uh, you know, I heard of a preacher one time that uh, a fellow went to him and said, said uh, if a person commits suicide, would he go to heaven? He said, yes. He went home and shot himself. I hope. <laughs> uh, and uh, I wonder very seriously if a man is saved. Again, I, always a question mark in my mind, if a person commits suicide, uh, if, if, they're, if they've ever really been saved. But I don't think you can have it proved anywhere in the Bible that a person, if they're saved and they commit suicide, that they don't, don't go to heaven. I don't think you can find it in the Bible. I think you can find that they do, if they're saved. Listen, saved people go to heaven, and unsaved people go to hell, period. Saved people, a person commits suicide, and they're saved, And they go to heaven. You say, well, they committed murder and got off, did they? There's the judgment seat of Christ. Not quite. There's a reckoning day, see. And let me ask you this. Was David, was David a saved man? Yes. David committed adultery and committed murder. You say, but he confessed it. Yes, he did. He did confess it. And we're going to confess it too. We're going to, he was able, God let him live. We're going to confess it here or we're going to deal with it there. So God will have, a person will have to deal with it. Then let me move on here. Uh, Two or three more points and I'll be through tonight. Uh, The believer is forgiven. The believer is justified. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and uh, verse... uh, Uh, 9 through 11. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9 through 11. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor coveters, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you're washed, you're sanctified, you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. let me see if I can illustrate a very not a very good illustration, but uh it's, it's something everybody knows about is the o j Simpson thing now uh you know some people don't believe you did it, and uh some people do. I believe you done it if you believe you didn't, then you can be wrong if you want to uh, but uh uh, anyway, uh, let's assume he did do it for the illustration. Whether he did or not. Let's assume he did. And he, he was tried. And the jury said he's not guilty. Now, if I understand what the law is, if he come out tomorrow and said, I, I did it, I killed him. He can't be tried he can announce on on the nationwide tv i kill both of them he'll never if he did that he'd still not serve one day in jail because he's been tried and set free now that's somewhat of an illustration now uh, the, it's not quite the, the, the best illustration, but it's somewhat of an illustration of what, what God's done for us. <coughs> the fact is, we are guilty. It's not a matter of sit, trying and testing us, see if we're guilty. No, we are guilty. We've been tried. The Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, and the wage of sin is death. We've already been tried in God's great court of law, found guilty, and God says, sentenced to death in hell forever but we don't have to go to hell. Isn't that wonderful? We're guilty, deserve to go, but we don't have to go because we're justified because Jesus paid the debt for us. We're justified. Now, O.J. Simpson, in the minds of many people, I don't care what the jury said, he's still a murderer. And let's say if he had been found guilty and sent to prison and he got out in 20 years or whatever, the debt had been paid, the law had been satisfied, but there'd never be a day as long as he lived what he'd be looked on as a murderer, even though he served his time. But justification goes a step beyond that. We are guilty, found guilty, tried, sentenced, but Jesus came and took our sentence to death And therefore, we stand before God uh, without sin, we're justified, and we're not guilty anymore in the eyes of God. God doesn't look on us and see us as being guilty. And I want to say that goes for the murderer, that goes for the drunkard, that goes for the adulterer, that goes for whatever. And that goes for the suicider, if it would happen. And I think for a saved person to do that, something would have to happen in their mind, and... Uh, in my mind, anyway. Right. But uh, if, a save per- if a person's saved, they're justified. You say for something they've something they've not even yet done? That's right. That's hard for us to accept. But thank God, the best thing we do is enjoy it. That's, right. That's wonderful. Amen. That's the reason we want to worship. Huh. Uh, as Brother Griffin's been bringing out in the opening the last couple of weeks, we... You know, there ain't nothing I can do to go to hell. There ain't something I can do to go to heaven quicker. (laughs) I can shorten my life and I can bring uh, chastisement and judgment upon me, but there's nothing I can do to put me in hell. Timothy said, if we believe not, yet he abide faithful. I want to ask you a question. You say, you mean tomorrow if I said, I don't believe in Jesus, and if I saved, I'd still be saved? Well, what about Peter? He said, I don't know him three times. Was Peter saved? Yes, he was. He was as saved as you are. Now, that's wonderful to me. And I know that maybe, maybe that's, that's kind of hard for some folks to understand, kind of hard for me to understand. So don't feel alone. I just believe it, and I just accept it. That I'm saved because Jesus Christ hung on that cross and rose from the dead and made my salvation possible. I'm not saved by what I do, what I've done, what I'm doing, or what I'm going to do, that don't have nothing to do with me being saved. Nothing. I'm saved through Jesus. Do you believe that? We're justified, we're glorified. Now this is shocking, Romans 8.30, moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. Right. He didn't say he would glorify us, he said he glorified. Huh. Well, we're not glorified, you know, it's not literally happened physically, but it's happened spiritually. And uh, you know, if we understand the mind of God, that God has foreknowledge, and God knows everything about the future, everything about the past, and everything about the present, and therefore uh, He can He can state things as being present that are future, but have not yet happened. That we're glorified, <laughs> that's what He says there. We are, uh, we are. Called, we are justified, and we are glorified, and then the believer has eternal life. John three thirty six, he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. He that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. He that hath the Son hath everlasting life. You English people tonight, is that what tense is that? that present he that believeth on the son hath in that present hath or has if i say i has a watch (laughs) yeah that's a good way to get a bad score young people i have a watch Is that present tense or future tense? There it is. I have it. That's that's present tense. John 5, 24, Verily, verily I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. And First John 5, and 12, and this is the record that God hath given to us, eternal life. This life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. That's just a few scriptures as many others on this subject. The believer has eternal life now. I'm not going to get it. I've got it. Now that's wonderful. You say, you mean I can go get drunk and still be saved? Yeah. Anybody want to go get drunk tonight? If you do, you're probably not saved. When Jesus saves you, he changes your want to. Yeah. And I think it's best illustrated by the conversation I had with a preacher some years ago who believed different than I did. We were friends. and We didn't hate each other, but we disagreed. And... uh, uh, you know, we were talking about this subject, not suicide, talking about eternal life. And, and he, said, uh, he said, if you preach that, people will live anyway. I said, they won't if they're saved. And if they're not saved, they're not going to live right, I don't care what you preach. And I still believe that. Only, only kind of people that's going to live right is to save people. I have no intention, I have no desire to go get drunk, and I have no intention or the desire to commit suicide. I don't think you do. But if I did, I'd go to heaven. Because right. I'm saved, I'm forgiven, I'm justified, I'm glorified, I've got eternal life, and if I did it, I'd have to stand before the Lord and give an account of murder. And I don't want to do that. Right. You say, will that get me kicked out of heaven? No. No. You say, well, the Bible said there, if you hate your brother, you are a murderer, and no murderer hath the eternal life abiding in him. I would have to give an account of murder, but God would not look on me as a murderer because my sin would have been paid for. And I hope hope I've got that across. Sometimes I wonder, you know, if I've really got the message across. And when I preach something like this, there's always the fear and that people would mis- take it wrong and, and say, you know, man, I could commit suicide and if I get sick and get cancer, I, you know, what I'll do, I'll just go see Dr. Kavolkin. I'll just commit suicide. No, that's wrong. And that's wicked and sinful. I want you to know that right up front. It's a wicked, dirty, sinful thing. But the point I'm trying to make is that one sin or two sins or three sins or whatever is not, does not determine where we go to heaven or not. The thing that determines where we go to heaven or not is what Jesus Christ did on our behalf. That's what determines it. And that's the only thing that determines it and whether you've received and accepted his provision for you. Because we've already seen in the Bible that Samson was a saved man. And we don't have many examples in the Bible. He's the only one that is absolutely positively clear as a man that was saved. Uh, the others, we, you know, I think Saul was. The others, uh, probably not. We know Judas was not. And my position tonight is that I think most suicides, I don't know what percentage, I don't want to mention the percentage because I have no way of knowing but probably, in, in my mind anyway, and I don't, I don't even know this, but I would think that probably most of them are not saved. Most of them are probably not saved. Because I cannot fathom a, a Christian doing it. No matter how sick we get and how many problems we have, I believe that God gives grace. Some of you have had to take the person you love more than anything in this world out to the cemetery. And there's probably another person tonight here that's saved, what could stand and say, God's grace is sufficient. And I believe that. I don't have to commit suicide because God's grace is sufficient. Let's bow our heads, please.